The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. I am your host, former dirt sheet writer from the Daily DDT, the Sportster, the Richest, Sports Kita, and Ringside News. I am Lee Walker, and today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, is all about the Netflix docuseries, Wrestlers. Now, the show is a seven-episode series, and I am going to go... Episode by episode, and this week is episode one of Wrestlers. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is based on Ohio Valley Wrestling, which, for those of you who know, and for those of you who don't know, is an American professional wrestling promotion, uh, a former developmental territory based in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, The company is currently run by Al Snow, Matt Jones, a radio personality, and Louisville Mayor Craig Greenberg. little history about OVW. It was initially a member promotion of the National Wrestling Alliance, the NWA, from its inception of 1993 until 2000, when it became a primary developmental territory for the World Wrestling Federation. Now, as we know, World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE. It had that role from 2000 until February 7th, 2008, when the promotion became unaffiliated and WWE moved to Florida Championship Wrestling. However, in November 2011, OVW became a developmental territory for Impact Wrestling, at the time known as TNA. Uh, This relationship lasted from 2011 all the way until March of 2019. We get a glimpse of what we will see this season right from the get-go of wrestlers on netflix uh then it opens up with hollywood helly j as she talks how wrestling saved her life you know she's got the blonde hair she's got like a a hat like you would see scotty too hottie wearing she's got the leopard print uh tattoo on her shoulder and the fur coat seemingly indicating we're looking at a a heel here and and she's swearing and stuff and you you get the vibe uh she's a heel uh we open next to cash flow who is an older wrestler or seemingly looks older and uh, he talks all the years he's had in the business the hardships on the family he's made mistakes but he also says if he had to make the same decisions again, he would. We then see Mr. Pectacular, former TNA Impact wrestler. So we're getting a glimpse into the characters already. And then the show opens up and we get to hear some history about professional wrestling. And it 
kicks off in the 1920s with what is seemingly known as the creation of professional wrestling. In the 1920s, they were known as the Goldust Trio. They were a group of promoters who controlled the world of professional wrestling during the 1920s while also making several fundamental changes to the industry's business model and operations that would ultimately change the direction of the sport toward uh, Pesuado competitive exhibition. The trio was composed of the era's dominant world heavyweight champion, Ed Strangler Lewis, and his manager, Billy Sandow, as well as fellow wrestler and creative visionary, Joseph Toots Mondo. So how did this all come about? In the early 1920s, Sandow was looking for a grappler to serve as Lewis's sparring partner and fill-in opponent. And with Burns' recommendation, Mondit was hired as the group's enforcer, disciplining Lewis's opponents as to the bout's rules while helping to prevent the champ from any injury as a result of foul tactics. At the time... Pro wrestling consisted primarily of mat grappling, and while the sport had flourished a decade earlier under Frank Gotch, the fans had since grown tired of the painfully deliberate pace of the bouts. Mondat discovered a solution that would completely transform the industry as he was convinced Lewis and Sandow to implement the new form of wrestling that combined features of boxing, Greco-Roman, freestyle wrestling, lumber camp fighting, and theater into what he deemed as slang, well, slam, bang, western-style wrestling. This new style of action, which included radical moves, I mean, they were radical for the 1920s, body slams, suplexes, arm drags, and the addition of fisticuffs, throwing punches, all of this combined with traditional mat grappling to create what has essentially become the modern form of pro wrestling. Now, while bouts had already been fixed in prior years, it was Monda who perfected the art of the finish, a scripted conclusion to the matches that gave fans an exciting show and inspired them to come back for more. It is said that Mondit personally invented 90% of the finishes and 60% of the finish holds. And in the process, he also invented the concept of no contest, which included such innovations as time limit draws and double count outs. So these three basically revolutionized professional wrestling into a more modern era where we were seemingly getting amateur wrestling but with fixed bouts. I myself am an amateur wrestler of 20 years. I would find that boring. And if we're being honest, when I was in high school and college, I wouldn't even watch my teammates' matches for the most part. I didn't care, nothing against them. I just found the sport to actually be kind of boring to watch. I was in the sport because I liked amateur wrestling, because it was an individual sport, 
because it's just you and your opponent on the mat. Call me selfish, but I didn't want to share the glory. So after the show teaches us a little bit about the history of professional wrestling starting in the 1920s, we start to learn about the golden class of OVW, which is the class of 2002, which consisted of Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Batista, and Randy Orton, according to OVW. But there is still somebody that they left out, and that was Shelton Benjamin. They don't mention Shelton Benjamin at all. They just mention Brock, Cena, Batista, Orton. Which I personally find to be a shame because Shelton Benjamin is a phenomenal talent and deserved to be mentioned from that class of 2002. They also brought up others that came out of OVW, such as The Big Show. Now, I don't know if any of you guys remember this. The Big Show, when he went from WCW as the Giant to the WWF, he was there for a little bit, but then they brought him to OVW to hone his skills. They also mention names such as CM Punk, who is really big in wrestling right now, or he was, because, you know, he was just fired by AEW. There's also Dolph Ziggler, and they also bring up The Miz, one of my former MTV alumni's. That's right, because I was an MTV alumni myself back in 2002. So after they teach us about the who's who of who came from OVW back in the day, we learned that WWE slash WWF slash WWWF. And it's here we would see all sorts of different promotions that the WWF, WWE, had worked with previously, such companies like Mid-South Wrestling, Central States, which was run by Bob Geigel, HWA Heartland Wrestling Association, which was owned by Les Thatcher. Uh, then it would be Ohio Valley Wrestling and Florida Championship Wrestling prior to the inaugural run of NXT. And it's after that they show you all these different territories, which also included Georgia Championship Wrestling and also included... WCW and ECW, which the WWF slash E would eventually buy those companies out. So it's after that, though, that you learn that every territory that WWF slash E has worked for has gone out of business, with the exception of Ohio Valley Wrestling. They're the only ones that still remain in business to this day we get to see the baby faces of the show in the heels of the show that will play pretty much the biggest roles that we will see on the show and i'll start with the baby faces we have the champion shira who is a former impact wrestling persona and had a brief run in NXT, though he never made it to television. Uh, we have Cashflow, who is seemingly the older veteran of OVW and has been around for over 25 years, I believe. There is also Reverend Ronnie and Layla Gray, who signed with AEW in 2020. 
There are some heels that we also get to learn about. Freya the Slayer, Mr. Pectacular Jesse, who's also from Impact Wrestling, like Shira. We have the amazing Maria and Hollywood, Holly J. And we find out in this episode that amazing Maria is Hollywood Halle J's mom. Now we learn that Al Snow buys OVW, but the company is financially not doing well. And the mayor of Louisville, Al Green, and radio personality Matt Jones buy into the company. And through a meeting, we learn that the company is literally losing 30 grand a month. That to me is insane, ladies and gentlemen. If I was losing that much money, I could tell you right now, them doors would not be open. That is a lot of money to continuously lose. And they talked how they are losing $2,000 a week by doing live television. Another thing I, I caught on, uh, you can see who they're making antagonists and protagonists of the show because you get the vibe that Al and Matt are not really well-liked within the locker room. And I can kind of see why, especially when Matt Jones refers to wrestling fans as wrestling dorks. So I'm a fan, and I sat there and I kind of chuckled, but he says it with such a smile and arrogance on his face that kind of just makes you want to slap him. But then again, he's really doing his job, I guess. Because like on the show, he's total antagonist. And you'll see more and more of that as the shows go on. So now we start getting into some behind-the-scenes stuff with the show, which I liked because it's stuff that you don't get to see, like these meetings and whatnot. So one of the things that you see is you have Matt, Al... Hollywood J, and an independent wrestler, Danny Moe. And Danny is in Al's office, and so isn't Hollywood. And Danny is complaining and basically saying she refuses to wrestle Holly, Hollywood Halle J because she smokes weed before her matches. Now, Hollywood didn't deny it, and... At this point, you hear Al say things like, you are here on my time, you're not going to do things like that. And Matt had, you know, said the same stuff. And after we cut to another scene where Hollywood, Hallie J is in her car, and she's basically saying, I'll listen to Al, but I won't listen to Matt. Fuck Matt, basically, is, is the logist of the show, is, is what, you, what you get throughout. And this is kind of where you see some things that are like no-nos as far as the law, but also as far as how wrestling is. Uh, Hollywood openly admits she smokes on the way to the arena. She is then shown texting and driving. She is shown smoking a blunt and driving. And then she talks her personal life about being robbed, having a gun on her, and having a gun on her child. A gun pointed at her child's face. And she talks about it. She's open about it. 
obviously this girl hasn't had the best life, and that's talked about throughout the show later on as well. And this is where we learn, hey, the, you know, wrestling saved her life. And she's very open about that in, in this docuseries. We cut to a scene that, you know, I don't think we really needed to see here. Because it's cash flow. Spray tanning. And he's got skibbies on or some, like, thong or some BS crap. Who cares? Long story short, he's not the most physically attractive male that they could have tanning on this show. He's kind of got a dad bod, and by kind I mean he fully has a dad bod. He's an older guy. But I don't need a very close-up of his junk and his ass cheeks because that's what we got in this scene while he's talking. And I didn't give a rat's ass what he was saying. I didn't listen. I just wanted to fast forward, which is what I did. And we end up in another tanning bed with another male wrestler that I don't care to see. And it's Mr. Pectacular going blah, 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 blah. Like he's Kesha. Ta-ta-talking that blah, blah, blah. Because that's all I got out of that. Then we get these scenes with Shira working out, talking about being huge in India, but not comfortable with his regular job. He's basically a, a delivery driver. And, you know, they show us him pinning Abyss in Impact. So it's just like, okay, so like, we go forward to other wrestlers working, which we see the amazing Maria, who's the manager of a hotel, Holly J, who's the bartender, her boyfriend is one of the cooks, and there's a few other wrestlers there uh, working. And again, this whole episode and this whole vibe of this whole season is you can tell that they're making Hollywood Holly J a star here. We hear more from... Holly and her mom, as her mom talks being in and out of jail, selling drugs. You know, we see Hollywood and her boyfriend smoking weed before they have a wrestling match. And this is where we get to see how live TV is. There's mistakes and errors where Al doesn't have audio as a producer. Al doesn't have video as a producer. And without the audio and video, he, he's back there running blind. And they're on live TV. They're in the main event right now, which has Hollywood Helly J. Um, snapping in the ring. And she just starts beating everybody up. She Refs are coming down and she's hitting them with her weapon in her hand. Uh, Al sends Doug Basham one half of the Basham brothers from the WWF out there. He gets hit but doesn't get to tell Hollywood, you know, to keep going and to, like, slow things down. Finally, Al sends the amazing Marie out, who is Hollywood's mom. She gets to the ring, and she's saying, stop this, stop this, we need to save your job. And Hallie is just, like, going off on her mom you weren't there for me and all you know saying all these things and you know they're going back and forth and, and Hallie's like you could never be me you could never be me and it finally gets to a point where her mom pushes her 
on the entrance ramp. And Holly does the most perfect thing when a parent lays their hand on their child. Dominic Mysterio knows. You get that pouty lip. So she gets that pouty lip, but man, she bounces right back up and she hits her mom with that weapon. And ladies and gentlemen, we have the end of the show. But it's also the beginning of the storytelling for the rest of the episodes. Because that's what it was building up to. I will first admit, this first episode, I really thought Hollywood Hallie J was kind of trashy. That was the vibe I got. And her boyfriend 100% is trash because they do these segments with him talking. And he's in this fucking 1999 Toyota Celica that is bondoed and literally just spray painted. It is the biggest piece of junk car I think I've ever seen in my life. While his girlfriend is out there driving what looks like a pretty newer Jeep. So good for her, but man, what the hell are you doing? In my honest opinion, what you see with Hollywood Hallie J and her boyfriend is a toxic relationship. And uh, yeah, we'll be discussing that throughout the season. However, that's how episode one ends. And like I said, I was at first, I would say not a fan. However, it builds up because like I said... I'm watching this, and, and the vibe that I get is this is some carny-type bullshit, little rinky-dink wrestling thing was the vibe that I was first getting. Because like they're showing the crowd, and there's not a lot of people in, in the crowd in certain shows that they're showing off, which sucks. But also when you look at the crowd, you're like, yeah, it's a typical indie fan crowd. And if you've been to an indie show, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, this has been episode one. While I've had some negative reviews on it, I've had a lot of positive reviews on it. But the biggest points that I got from the show is that it's built around really Al Snow, Matt, and their other partner, the mayor. While it also seems... Hollywood Hallie J right now is the big star of the show. So make sure you tune in next Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, for a review of episode two of Wrestlers on Netflix. You can also listen to other episodes of Perched on the Top Rope on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, you name it, we're there. It's perched on the top rope. And for all those countries that have kept us on their chartables, Great Britain, Canada, USA, Australia, Germany, Ireland, Indonesia, Saudi Arabia, thank you. And for all of those who listen in other countries such as France, Germany, China, Japan, Thank you. I really appreciate it. You can also watch all my interviews on YouTube at Perched on the Top Rope, which we have Izzy Moreno, the most recent interview. And ladies and gentlemen, next week for interviews, you can watch these on YouTube. We will have AEW's Lance Archer and former WWE current All Japan Pro Wrestling's Yoshitatsu. That's at Perched on the Top Rope. 
on YouTube. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash perched on the top rope. We are on Twitter at perched top rope. You can find us at twitch.tv slash perched on the top rope, where currently we are streaming AEW's Fight Forever Stadium Stampede match and WWE 2K3, the Royal Rumble, as those are my favorites to play. You can also find us on TikTok at Perched on the Top Rope, where we have Selena scenes recreating the greatest wrestling moments in professional wrestling history using Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On because that song makes everything better and you're not going to convince me that Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 32 is not one of the greatest moments in professional wrestling history. Because it is. We also have... The Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan getting humped by a dog. That's right, the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan getting humped by a dog. It's TikTok at Perched on the Top Rope. You can also find us on Instagram and threads at Perched on the Top Rope Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope where spoiler freeze, the way to be. I'm out.